Welcome to the Jazz Piano School Podcast, episode number 50. Welcome to the Jazz Piano School Podcast. Learn jazz piano without all the guesswork. Now, your host, Brendan Lowe. All right, welcome to the Jazz Piano School podcast, episode number 50. Wow, that is a milestone right there. My name is Brendan Lowe. I'm going to be your host, as always. And thank you so much for being here and showing up and listening to my jazz piano education. So just to kick things off, again, we are at episode 50, and that's pretty awesome. Uh, I've fallen off the wagon a bunch of times recording these podcast episodes, and hey, it happens. It happens to all of us, right? We go to the gym. We try and go to the gym, we get a month, two months in, we build some momentum, three months, four months, and then, you know what, life just kicks us in the butt, right, and we fall off. But the important thing is, and this applies to practicing too, we'll build up a nice uh, habitual practice routine, get it going for a month or two, you go away on vacation, and it just goes to crap, right? But again, the very important thing about life is to never give up and never quit, and no matter how much time you take off, it's always okay to start over again, start again. You're still going to have that opportunity to improve and continue where you left off. So, just a little, uh, I don't know where that came from, well, I guess from my podcast, but again, it it goes to show, because I've fallen off the, uh, like like I said, I've, I've stopped podcasting for eight months or so, six months hiatus, you know, and I I got into a rhythm, again, schedule, uh, publishing every Friday um, for, for all the new people out there. So we release podcasts every Friday now. I got my routine down. It's going great. And we are at episode 50. So welcome. This is the Jazz Piano School Podcast. In this podcast, this episode, I'm going to be going over how to connect the rest of bebop, okay, or how to continue playing bebop. And this Uh, Part two episode is going to be more about implementing what I showed you guys last week. So we worked on more technical theory aspects, uh, practice exercises, stuff like that. But a lot of you, you know, were probably asking, well, how do I actually utilize this? How do I apply it? And this actually relates to one of the points I wanted to make on the podcast before I start teaching is that um, a couple of people had emailed me and, you know, had asked how had asked how the podcast education relates to the education inside Jazz Piano School. And again, if you guys are new, since I've been releasing the podcast consistently, a lot of new people have started listening. Obviously, subscribers have grown a little bit. Now, I have an education system, which is Jazz Piano School at jazzpianoschool.com. So if you go to jazzpianoschool.com, my education and the JPS system and course with a beginner, intermediate, and advanced level is all available online. Okay, this is a full, in-depth, step-by-step program that literally takes you by the hand and is a journey structure. So I show you what to practice, and then from that component, I continue on and build off of that. So it's a, um, a curriculum that's cumulative, right? It builds on itself. A lot of the, uh, I love all the other jazz piano educators in education. <clears throat> the only criticism I had for most of the websites is that they are libraries, okay? 
they're not uh, step by step. So you can absolutely go and learn from those other sites, but like anything that we're trying to learn, we're not the experts. So we don't know what videos to watch. We don't know what order to put the videos in. You know, we don't know what to learn first. We don't know what to go do after we learn something. So it's more kind of just a pick and choose a la carte, like, oh, I want to learn more about comping. I want to learn more about this. But again, the question I propose to all my students and is my goal in my education is, you know, <clears throat> how is, how are you going to develop yourself as a complete player, right? How are you going to discipline yourself to move through components, you know, strategically so that you're getting all the areas necessary to make you as good of a player as you want to be. And so that's basically my goal with Jazz Piano School is that I wanted to provide an education system that was very, very well-rounded, right? Step-by-step, step, led everyone through. And uh, because I felt frustrated in my jazz piano career, and if you listened before, and so I bet some people are like, Brian, please stop talking, I've heard this before. <laughs> um, but anyway, so the, the difference between the podcast and the online school that's available to sign up for and become you know, a part of the community is that the podcast is more of the random library-ish thing that you, you consistently see among jazz piano online internet resources, right? So you can kind of skim through the podcast, pick out what you want. I, I have tried slightly to go through the podcast in a more of a cumulative order. So the earlier episodes are gonna be more for the beginner, right? Triads, inversions, voice leading. Now, as we get into some of the later episodes, we're doing more advanced things, more advanced concepts, right? Um, <clears throat> the comping, two-part comping series, this bebop series. So. Uh, these episodes are assuming you know more types of voicing, such as your rootless voicing, some extension work possibly, some drop two work possibly. And if you don't, you can go back through the podcast and listen to those episodes. But in JPS at jazzpianoschool.com, the course that uh, the community members have access to is very, very, very structured and organized with a practice lots and lots of practice exercises over 3400 pages to be precise for the beginner intermediate and advanced levels lots of workbook exercises where you're actually writing music and lots of lesson text that accompany all the videos and all the practice videos so and everything is step by step once you learn something then I give you step two you don't have to guess at what video to watch next I simply say okay watch this video next it's all laid out for you so that's the difference a lot of people had asked that I want to explain that a little bit before I got into the episode um, so again welcome for all the new people that are uh, here we got some great things happening at Jazz Piano School we're um, right in the middle of developing a specialty course it's gonna be the first specialty course for Jazz Piano School and that is going to be the solo piano system and it's gonna be phenomenal. I mean, a lot of people will show you how to play solo piano and you'll learn a lot of things, but this is really like a flow chart of exactly how to arrange your hands. So stay tuned for that because I'm gonna be doing some free trainings on it and completely explaining the system in the free training. And uh, if you are interested in that, you can actually uh, just email me at brendanlowe at jazzpianoschool.com or if you're on the email list, you'll hear about that as well. Um, what else I got? I got some, I got my notes in front of me here. Uh, I just got, I'm wearing my glasses right now because I'm getting LASIK surgery. I don't know if any of you out there have had LASIK surgery, but uh, wearing glasses after you've gotten used to contacts for years and years and years is, is very not fun. So 
I, uh, I, I truly understand and uh, the, the glasses world now. I mean, I've been a contact goer my entire life, but anyway, <laughs> I don't know where that came from, just talking. So uh, what else? If you are enjoying the education here, then I would love for you to give us a five-star rating. Again, my goal is to get to 100 five-star ratings uh, on iTunes <clears throat> before we get to 100 episodes. So all you, all you have to do is type in uh, Jazz Piano School uh, podcast, and then uh, you'll see the five stars on the left-hand side of the iTunes page. You can just click five stars, and it'll give you that rating. If you want to write, leave a, a review, too, that would be great. I really appreciate it. Um, it helps others get in front of the podcast. There's two ways you can actually digest the podcast as well. If you didn't know this, a lot of you may have stumbled upon this in iTunes, so you're only listening to it. But we publish all the podcasts on the website as well, jazzpianoschool.com. You can watch the video of this on YouTube if you want or at our site. And in the site, we give you <clears throat> the practice materials that go along with the, uh, the episode. For this episode, the URL for our practice materials is going to be jazzpianoschool.com forward slash podcast 50. It's always the same. So the website forward slash podcast and then the episode number jazzpianoschool.com forward slash podcast 50 and you can download or we will email you the <clears throat> practice exercises for the episode and you can watch the video that goes along with this. Uh, I feel bad for a lot of the people watching the video, you know, just skip forward past all this if you're watching the video because podcasts are audio, right? So if you're in the car, it's not that big of a deal uh, listening to me talk. You know, some of you really enjoyed it as I've gotten some emails saying that, you know, they like to hear the background into my life, what I'm doing, things like that. But if you're watching a video right now, all you are seeing is just the blank or uh, piano screen with the MIDI and the uh, keyboard and the logo and nothing's happening except me talking. So that can get kind of boring. But again, if you're a video watcher, go ahead and just skim through the beginning. You've probably heard the spiel a bunch of times. If you're uh, listening through iTunes, then you know, feel free to skip forward, but again, um, listening uh, through audio isn't that bad. So, I believe that is all I wanted to talk about up front. So, let's, um, let's get into it. Here we go. So, last week I talked about approaches, bebop approaches, and these approaches lead to chord tones. So, again, just very, very quick review. I went over the half step below approach. So, if I have my C7 dominant here, right, to our chord tones. Oops, sorry. See what happens when you go too fast. <laughs> and then I had my chord scale above approach. And again, uh, with your chord scale approach coming down is just this is just the, uh, the scale, your mode that you're using, right? And we talked about uh, using both of them, combining them. Right, just a little bit. Don't use that thumb there. <laughs> I cheated. So sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do, you know? So uh, we went over the approaches. What I wanna do today is implement these into tunes, okay? And I'm gonna I'm gonna go through these rather quickly because I wanted to try and limit the amount that I talk and give you guys just the best content possible education. So the first thing we want to do to begin to implement these into our improvisation, right? We've practiced them, hopefully, 
and we want to use them in improv. So what we want to do is practice using the approaches in 251s first. The way I'd recommend doing this, number one, is just using your left hand bass notes to accompany your right hand, okay? The first thing we're gonna do is take one of them. Let's start with a half step below. We want to use this approach to, in the beginning of our line, whenever we start a line, okay? Just the beginning. So if I were to start a line, again, you might have practiced the anticipation, so four and, right? Or the direct method, and one. One, two, three, four, two, three, four, two, three, four. Now for the sake of everyone in this episode, we're just gonna be dealing with the chord tone on a downbeat. The anticipation is much more advanced. I'm gonna specifically go over what that's used for today in this episode, because I didn't really tell you in the last episode, and it deals with rhythm, okay? Um, but we're just gonna be using the solid chord tone landing on the downbeat, okay? So just the four and one, uh, excuse me, and one, right? So we wanna create our lines through our two five ones at the beginning of the line using the half step approach to any of our chord tones, all right? And I'm simply going to loop my two five one in my bass note, in my bass notes, just going through uh, the two five one, four beats per chord, and two measures, two bars, excuse me, for our one chord. So we have a total of four measures, right? D minor, two, three, four, G, two, three, four, C, two, three, four, C, two, three, four, D, two, three, and then we just repeat, okay? And I'm practicing utilizing our half step below to all of our chord tones to create my lines. Now, I would recommend actually, even before you do it in time, you want to start getting in the habit of using the approach to, uh, you know, out of time, just so you can kind of see what's going on. So I'll do that first. So we might go, right? Now I'm just using the same idea, idea, idea here to give you an example. Right, so I'm connecting my approach with portion of my mode. And as you can see, learning your mode starts to become very significant. People are like, I don't learn my modes, you know, I don't care for modes, I don't need to use those. Well, that is semi-true, but if you actually really want to get underneath the hood of something, you need to learn what everything does, right? So this is why it's important. So again, here we go, out of time. I'm going to use different ideas now. Right? So there's my half step approach. So half step approach. And again, we can use any chord tones. We can go up, we can go down. Sorry. Again, just using notes from our C major scale and our modes, okay? And that this is out of time, right? There's no time really. I don't have a, a pulse going. I'm just taking my time, getting used to using the, the approaches to connect certain uh, ideas that I wanna use. And again, 
you can do anything. Again, you, you start, but the whole goal is to start the phrase with that half step approach. And one, and one, and one, and one. <clears throat> For now, I'd recommend trying to stay scalar. A lot of people might jump too, but the more we can discipline ourselves to stay scalar with our lines, meaning just moving up stepwise, not jumping. Like I could go, I could go like this. Right, that's all over the place. One of the things that's gonna sound good and is, is really gonna improve your improv is staying scalar. It's the ability to stay scalar. going up and down movement is really going to allow you to weave in and out of the line. So after we've done our half step below, then we want to set a tempo. And this is where I recommend pulling out your metronome. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to use a metronome internally. I'll count for you guys. One, two, three, and four. And step so here I went uh, right half step so again there because I was thinking ahead I want to target that E with a half step I had to do this in order to make sure I landed on beat one with that chord tone so this brings me to another point rhythms right because we're targeting on downbeats, your movements, you need to adjust to the movements in the rhythms. And sometimes the rhythms aren't going to allow you to get to the note that you want to get to. I'll see if I can come up with one because coming up with examples of this is kind of difficult on the spot. Let me just play here for a little bit. Um, uh, sorry, one, two, and three, and four, and one, and two, and three, and four, right? So if I went up too soon there, and one and two and three and four and I'm landing on an and instead of the downbeat and you'll find yourself in those positions a lot where you're trying to think okay I need one it's like a math formula almost you're like I need one more note to get to the downbeat right of the chord tone on one and this is the tricky part this is why we're doing it slowly Okay, and a little disclaimer here, guys. This takes lots of work. Okay, it's not like learning a voicing uh, and practicing it through the keys or practicing it in circle of force. Learning how to connect these Legos, like I talked about in last week's episode, uh, is, is a lot of work. And it takes time and discipline to sit here and mathematically figure out the number of beats, right, with eighth notes and connecting them so the chord tones are landing on those downbeats. That's our first goal. Okay, don't break out of that yet because this is going to lead to a lot of great things. So again, uh, one and two, and this is how slowly I'd go at first, even without a metronome. One and two and three and four, and one and two and three and four, right? So here's our mistake. So instead of going there early, all I want to need to do is add an extra note to get back to my D. So if D is my target chord tone that I want to land on one, 
right? D is the fifth of G, so that's gonna be the five. I'm landing on the five of our, my G7 chord. I just need to add one more note. So, and one, and two, and three, and four, and one. By adding the C, this allows me to use my half step approach to get to the D. Now again, when you're soloing, this stuff simply needs to be worked out. It just needs to be worked out. You just gotta do the work, right? By breaking down your line slowly. But you, the, the great thing is you understand the concept, okay? And there's no mathematical formula. Once you get used to feeling the rhythm and applying the chord tones, after you go through your approaches, you're gonna have many options. Like, we're only working on one option now, so it's limiting us. After you work through half step below, chord scale above, the combination of the two, uh, you can come down chromatically in more advanced bebop playing, you can chromatically approach any note. I mean, I can approach the G like this, right? That can be an approach note or that could be an approach. So I could go, right? Or something like that. So in more advanced bebop, you can approach a note however you want to fit the rhythm of where you're at. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But again, so here we go. One and two and three and four. And one and two and three and four. And one and two and three and four and one. Right? So that worked out perfectly. And I felt it as I was counting that it was going to line up to go like this, right? To land right on the seven of the C major seven chord. And one and two and three and four. One and two and three and four. And one and two and three and four. And one and two and three and four. Now here again, I would have to cross over and one and two and three and four and one. So again, and one and two and three and four, I can't, because my target note is G, in my mind I'm thinking, okay, I'm on beat four, I wanna target G, I can't go to G, so, and I'm trying to use my half step below approach, so I have to go four and one. Or I could go four and one. So from the A, I can easily go up to land on my third, or I can go across to land on my G. Excuse me. And one, and two, and three, and four, and one. That works, but I want to go to the G. So I want and one, and two, and three, and four, and one, and two, and three, and four, and one. So again, when I got to my F, I know I wanted to target my third, so I was like, oh, I'm on beat four, I need to add just my half step, and one. Okay, so practice this slowly, then set your metronome up. And you should, this is not an easy thing, guys, okay? So be, you need to be patient. This could take just being able to, the more you do it, the easier it's gonna feel to you, right? And I would say spend about 20 minutes a day, if you can, just setting up your metronome, practicing two, five, ones. Then you go to a different key because all the approaches are going to be different, right? In the key of B flat, at two, five, one, you have, right, different approach notes. But just, and I wouldn't even move to a different key, just spend time in C, getting used to lining up your rhythms and implementing your approaches. So the next approach we'd use is our chord scale above. So I want to start with the chord scale above. It sounds easy enough, right? And one. We're just using the, the note right above our chord tone. 
and one and two and three and four and one, right? And two and three and four. So again, I'm here. Four, I can't go and one, right? I could go four and one and land on the B. But if I had that C in mind, I would need to change my, uh, my thinking because I couldn't land on the C as a target. And I did have the C in mind. So four and one, or I could go four and one. Again, because we're targeting the chord scale approach. We want to use the chord scale above approach, right? Once we start to free ourselves of these approaches and combine them, we'll have more options based on where we are at rhythmically in our two, five, one. So we do the same thing with the chord scale above approach. Go through that exercise, right? Put the metronome on and one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and one. Sorry. <clears throat> now again, you can repeat a note if you want and one, right? So I, or I could have gone. One and two and three and four and 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 one. Okay, so you're targeting that approach. Now we begin to combine them. Okay, so. Uh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Before we combine them, you want to, instead of just lining up the beat, uh, instead of using your approach on just the, the uh, downbeat of one of every new bar, we want to use it in a different spot in the bar. So instead of, <clears throat> instead of using it on beat one, try beat three. So one and two, uh, excuse me, what key are we on? <laughs> One and two, and, exit one and two and three, four. Ah, oh, I'm all confused now. D minor. Here we go. One and two and three and four. Right. So instead of beat one, I approach the A from uh, half step below to land on beat three. One and two and three. Right. So just a little pivot. One and two and three and four. And again, I, if you know, you can still use an approach to beat one, but you're just trying to put it in a different place in the measure now, right? So you can still go to beat one and one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four. So it's a little bit more challenging. Or you can just focus on uh, using them on beat three without beat one. Now again, another thing you're seeing here is continuous eighth notes. And after you get in a habit, because this the continuous motion of practicing using the approach notes is what's going to allow you to continuously solo. People get hung up because they're not practicing continuous eighth notes, right? You need to train your hands and these movements to build your Legos in order to uh, you know, have your mind be able to resolve to the chord tones quickly and continuously. And this is where we start to use all the different methods of the approaches. So now we start to combine them. Right? And as we combine them, it actually frees us up even more because we have more options to approach the note. 
right? So we can use the chord scale above, we can use a half step below, and one and two. So already I used two approach notes on beat one and beat two, and one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and one, right? Four, excuse me, and four and one. You heard that? Right? Three and four and one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four. That was a double chromatic, right? Um, let's see if I can remember. Uh, so you could combine them more and that gives you more leeway into your rhythmic ability to delay your resolution depending upon what beat you are in the measure, right? If you're on the end of two, and, uh, excuse me, and three, and four, and one. Right, so you can just keep switching back and forth in between the chord tones. But again, your goal is to combine them as best <clears throat> as possible, right? So after you've worked on this with your two five ones, we want to start doing this with tunes, okay? And that's where, that's where the implementation takes place. <clears throat> and again, practice your continuous eighth notes first. After you've done that, the easier way is going to be able to is going to be to leave space, because obviously during a solo, right? You're not going to be playing continuous eighth notes. I mean, you can. That's the harder thing to do. But practice the space. space without playing continuous eighth notes. Then we go to our tunes. <clears throat> so in our tunes, I'm going to use autumn leaves for example. <clears throat> for example, we do this exact same thing. Okay? We want to connect the chord tones using our approaches <clears throat> through the changes. So autumn leaves, right? And again, your chord tones are going to change based on the harmony. So that G minor major, we have these are our chord tones, right? So half step approach there, right? So so all I all I did there was I was here, I wanted to target the D, I skipped half step above uh, below and then target that D. already hear, right? You can already hear with the use of approaches to the chord tones. I'm just landing on beat beat one. Using chord tones on beat one with an approach, you can hear the bebop sound already. I mean, it doesn't get more structured and organized to learn bebop than this. And the thing that happens is that people might learn this line, right? 
you know? And I've learned the line, and a lot of people will have maybe by reading music or your teacher showed it to you, but you can't, you have no idea why that is creating the sound, right? You have no idea why it's creating the sound, and you can't replicate it, right? There's, you can replicate it in keys because you know the lick, but does it allow you freedom? No, it's a chunk, right? It's one chunk of a, of a lick that you're just using you know, for yourself. It doesn't allow you to move how you want to express yourself. So again, that's how, that's how the line sounds if we sped it up. Uh, I, I forgot it now. Sorry, I got a little carried away there. But uh, <clears throat> you can hear the, that's an approach, right? We, I haven't explained that approach yet, right? So using that approach to delay the rhythm, that's an approach. I just add, I'm just adding a trill to the third. Now here, what I'm doing, what I did, And again, this is this is the thing about landing on the chord tone instead of going. <clears throat> it's a delayed resolution because I'm actually hitting this uh, approach on one, one and two and three and four. So I do end up landing on a chord tone. Okay, this directly relates to the anticipation thing that I had you guys practice before, right? Practicing four and one and. One and two and three and four. I don't hit the chord tone on one, I hit it on the and of one, right? So it's a delayed resolution because I finally hit my chord tone on four. So. <laughs> so because of that delayed resolution, it's like it, it, it's a nice sound to the ear, right? And it still works, okay? And then again, we have our here. Our minor seven flat five. We're using our approaches. So again, our goal is to implement our, our approaches into our tune now. Okay? It's the same thing. Set a metronome, go through continuous eighth notes. Then set your metronome and go through non-continuous eighth notes. Broken, right? And uh, <clears throat> I'll pull up the track. I'll pull up the uh, track here. You want to start very, very slowly. Again, practice correctly the first time. I can't. I can't stress this enough. How much <clears throat> this will help you in the future. When you practice correctly the first time, you're not learning mistakes. You're learning the correct thing. I would set my metronome down to 50. And you're like, 50, Brennan? That's so gosh darn slow. Yes, 50. <laughs> Here we go. One, two, three. This is broken, right? Half step. Half step little space, combination, 
<laughs> okay. I added a sharp 11 to get to my, uh, which sounded funny. That was, that was, you know, correctly, right? That was correct. <clears throat> but it sounded funny because my half, my half step approach to my C uh, was that sharp 11 there. Um, but anyway, that's what we do. Then we start to speed it up. Okay, we speed it up just a little bit and I'll wrap things up here. I'm going to go to 70. One, two, three, four. Whoops. Of another point as I was playing. Don't even worry about your left hand. You, you, I started comping with my left hand. Don't even worry about your left hand. All you're doing is focusing on building your Legos, right? Combining the approach notes so that you're hitting those chord tones and using the approach notes successfully to resolve to your new chord tone as the chord changes, right? And do it however you want, rhythmically. Again, and this is it's it's like a puzzle, guys, right? You're, you're working around with a puzzle until you start to get used, and you have all these different avenues. I'm trying to think of an analogy. I used to play this game. <clears throat> I can't really remember, but you have multiple ways to get to your chord tones, and this is what makes it so much fun is that it's up to you. Like I can go, I could go, I could just go, or I could use my half step below, right? I could go. You know, it's completely up to you, but these building blocks are what allow you to move through the changes, okay? And with, you know, this is just bebop. Again, this, it's not everything that involves soloing, right? But once you start to speed this up and add a little flair, it just helps you to really connect your melodies <clears throat> together. And it's usually the reason that <clears throat> your solos let me get some water here. It's usually the reason that student solos, you know, they're playing good stuff, but it's just like something sounds off. You know, if you're improvising, it's just like, you know, I can do the stuff that he's saying, but you may need to go rework it, right? Make, th make sure everything is really dialed in. You know, be disciplined about hitting those chord tones. You know, because it really is, it's night or day, guys. It's night or day. I can't stress this enough. It makes a complete difference in your solo. So again, as I speed this up, I'll do one more demonstration here, just a little faster. This will be on 91. And I'm gonna add more motifs. You heard me talk about motifs and development. But again, the chord tones are a tool. It's just a small tool that allows me to connect my melodies together in a nice manner so that the chord tones are lining up with my downbeats. Here we go, just my right hand. Right, rhythmic, some rhythmic, different rhythms. Okay, so again, I'm creating melodies. 
emphasize my approaches. Again, depending upon the harmony you're going for and the mode that you're using, the notes are going to change. So you may have heard some notes in there that you're like, hey, wait a second, that didn't sound so great. <clears throat> and again, it depends on the mode that you're using. If I use a Lydian mode instead of a, a Dorian mode, excuse me, uh, if I change the harmony in Autumn Leaves and I'm using a different chord change, that's going to change the mode. And don't worry, really worry about that just now. but. Anyway, so that is uh, the bebop portion, part two. We really want to use those steps to implement into tunes <clears throat> and the PDF download materials, practice materials are gonna be the steps that I <clears throat> explained <clears throat> listed out so that you can go through them and start to implement them into two five ones and implement them, not exercises, right? Where now we're using, uh, it's gonna be more improv. Okay, so they're gonna be listed out, but it's up to you to develop the creation. Okay, so you're not reading notes anymore. You are specifically creating your solo by yourself, okay? But how to do it is listed for you. Then the implement, implementation of the, uh, the approaches into tunes, such as Autumn Leaves, is gonna be listed as well. So that's going to wrap up this podcast, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Again, if you've listened to me all the way through, uh, thank you so much. I would really love a five-star rating. It really helps the podcast get in front of other people, right? So by uh, giving a rating, the five-star rating, more people, it makes it more popular. More people around the world are able to, you're basically sharing the, uh, this free podcast education with other people and helping out. So I'd really appreciate it. But until I talk to you guys again, thank you so much and happy practicing.